And then next thing you know, he reels it back in. (laughs) Or they reel it back in. (laughs) And then Yellow's like, what? (laughs) I I swear to God, there was a juicy worm right in front of me. We... We held on. We were together. It was real. <laughs> what in the world? I'm triggered. <laughs> I'm yellow. Purple. Red. And you're listening to the Colors Podcast. Alrighty. What up, Red? Hello. <laughs> we back. We back. Uh Blue's still on hiatus, but it's all good. We're gonna carry on. Um so today we're talking about emotionally unavailable men and the text that we're using is called Mr. Unavailable and the Fallback Girl. Um Red is reading this book. She's still going through it. But today we're going to talk about dating just emotionally unavailable people. Although the text is focused on men, we're talking about emotionally unavailable people. Um, But but before we get into it, we're just going to have a working definition here of somebody who is emotionally unavailable. And Psychology Today describes it as somebody who is evasive, makes up excuses, or simply doesn't want to or doesn't want to or like to talk about how they are feeling or about relationships. Sometimes on the surface, emotionally unavailable people appear to be stable. They um, have their life together. They, you know, make smart, logical life decisions, um, but they are resistant to changes in emotional states. Um, And emotional unavailability is more about control. It's more about um, being defensive and protecting yourself from rejection. And... Red is going to go over the types of emotionally unavailable men that is cited in this text. So, Red, I'm going to throw it to you. All right. Hello. Um, So I'm reading this uh, book. It's called Mr. Unavailable and the Fallback Girl by Natalie Liu. And um, I haven't read in a while. So there's uh, she goes over a few types of uh, unavailable men, um, but it also could pertain to women, too, um, or just anyone. Um, But some of the types that she goes over and this is not and I don't quote because these are not the exact names because like I said have read it a bit um but one of the types is blows hot and cold so this is a person who future fakes and when I say future fakes that means that they tell it like as if you're going to be together for a long time they give you tidbits about you know what they want to do in the future and you essentially accompanying them on that journey um, they use words of affirmation to hype you up. Uh, they move really quickly in a relationship. They want to see you immediately. They want to, you know, FaceTime. They want to, uh, they just want to be in your space right away. And sometimes they even want to like have a, a, a commitment right away. Um, but then the downside of it is they downplay their interest when it's convenient for them. Um, you may be having this great relationship with them, but out of nowhere, they're like, I don't, I don't, I didn't really like you that much. I didn't really care about you that much. I, when did you have the idea that I want a relationship with you? Um, some of them, they just don't say anything at all. They ghost. Um, and you're left wondering where they have gone. Um, and then the other 
they downplay the relationship. It's a little different than like downplaying their interests. They just act like you guys never were a thing. Like, yeah, I like you, but I don't like you like that. All right, so then you have the perfectionist. Um, this is this person who gloats about the perfect person in their life. Like, um, they give this idea of like, you know, who would be a perfect contender for them? Um, and it might be you. And you seek that, um, I guess, fulfillment to be that person for them. Uh, they do great for themselves. And I'm not talking money. These are pillars in the community. They are um, folks who work in the church. Uh, they are YMCA coaches, teachers. Um, sometimes they're uh, just uh, civil rights leaders. Like they, they do well for themselves. Um, and people aspire to be like them. So they see themselves as do-gooders. Mm. Um, and they know. They, they, they say, I'm a catch. But sometimes with this like, call it fake humility like Mm. I'm not the best person I'm not the smartest person in the room uh (laughs) but they behind all closed doors they know that they are (laughs) or Or, thank believe yes yes yellow thank (laughs) that they are um and then there's the uh and then they heighten your flaws um this is the downfall of them they start to heighten your flaws when things go awry so Mm. they'll notice what you did wrong mm. in the situation um but won't really reflect on what they did wrong and this doesn't mean that they don't reflect at all on what they did that this just simply means that they are not going to talk about fully or to hold themselves truly accountable to what they did wrong in a you know in any in in event or um in a situation um, and then there's the ice box. Uh, <laughs> this is like the one that like, <laughs> go yellow. Can't sing, so I'm sorry, y'all. Yo, Purple just said she doesn't know that song. We'll get, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. Go ahead. Sorry. Revoked. Ice box. Tell us about the ice box. Anywho, the ice box. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is the person who... Um, shows little affection um but they they're cold they're cold Mm -hmm. they show little affection and they show like they they act like they don't want you there but Mm. they're also they also keep texting you Mm. and they keep calling you but they act like but then they act like they don't want you to be bothered with you very confusing um but they and they can also be like physically distant this doesn't mean just low affection they they're the type of person who you you can't catch on a good day you can't catch on a yeah, you can't catch on a good day. Can't catch on a on a bad day. They they're never available, except for that random uh that random twelve p.m. afternoon. Like I said, it ain't even booty call hours. That random twelve in the afternoon where they're like, oh, I just want to go for a walk with you, and you're not available because they know you're at work. Um, and then uh, they too future fake, but it's not with you. They act like you, they, they, they have this idea of, you know, one day I'll go, I'll, I'll go, you know, to Rome with my perfect person, or I'll go to Rome with someone I love. And you're like, Ooh, is it me? Those are our three types. But then I have to ask you guys, which one are you most into? Oh, it's a little quiet over here. I'll go, I'll go first. Cause it's very clear for me. Um, the hot and cold, the hot and cold, the hot and cold. Um, (laughs) I am very attracted to the person that sort of flatters is very flattering, not in a cheesy or over 
overbearing way or not that like greasy kind of way but somebody who just gives you lots of compliments my love languages are uh, one of the top two is words of affirmation so I'm into the like oh you know compliments about my career or my creativity or whatever my looks all of it um and then he suddenly he or she suddenly pulls back and then I'm questioning like what did I do now I'm thinking it's me and then he comes back and then apologizes and then I'm like oh okay he said the reason why is because blah 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 blah. and rinse repeat rinse repeat um and I think the reason why I'm attracted to them so much is because that's the way I feel validated is through mm. those 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 words of Africa. But then I'm also quick to complain about it. Like, <laughs> how are you go? <laughs> how is he just gonna be so X Y Z and then just not necessarily ghost me, but just leave enough for me to be still attached? But that's that's what I'm attracted to. I'm gonna switch it over to purple. Ooh, you like a rat. Looking for those crumb, those crumb rations. Just it kind of it kind of <laughs> reminds me of like someone who's gone out gone out fishing. And so like there's the worm, it's on the hook. They put it in and yellow is like swimming, like, oh, it's so pretty. Chops on it. And then there's like this exchange of tugging back and forth. That's all the affirmations. Ooh, you cute. Oh, I like your smile. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you're so pretty. Let's go here. Then you guys confirm a date and a time and the day. And then it becomes the day. And then next thing you know, he reels it back in. (laughs) Or they reel it back in. (laughs) And then Yellow's like, what? (laughs) I I swear to God, there was a juicy worm. Right in front of me. Ooh, gotta be quicker than that. We, we held on. We were together. It was real. <laughs> what in the world? I'm triggered. <laughs> triggered. <laughs> and then she swims on the way. Um, for me, I've been attracted to all three, and it's because I love challenges. So. If you're an icebox, first, that's the most fascinating person because I'm interested in why you are so cold. Why, you know, are you so distrusting of others? You know, why are you so reserved? Um, Why is it hard for you to open up? And I'm always interested in the backstory behind that. Um, So it just makes me curious. And then the little girl in me is always, you know, trying to, do whatever I can for that little bit of attention. And so like, even like going into like a classroom perspective, like the child would try to do whatever it takes to get some sort of validation from the teacher. So when it comes to an ice box, it's like, I'm gonna try all these ways to get you to show some type of symptom that you care about me or that I'm seen. And that means the world to me because, you know, when you get that satisfaction from someone who's constantly nice is not it doesn't feel as grand because you're like oh you know they smile at anybody so I don't even I don't know where I fall in under that spectrum but if you're someone who's like you know what do you call it um uh when you have like a blank face stoic stoic, thank you like when you're stoic and I can't even read anything but then I get you to crack a smile then I feel like oh 
I must be a catch. The perfectionists are all the men in my family. You know, they look on, I feel like Instagram has made it worse because now, because it just gives you an impossible standard of what the average human should look like. You know, back in the day, we could just Mm. look at Vogue, Teen Magazine, or like music videos to be like, okay, that's like the highest level of beauty for women because they're on TV or in a photograph. Therefore, you know, it's not really attainable. So like it's a fantasy. Mm -hmm. So I still have access to quality men in my, you know, locus of control because nine times out of ten, they're not going to find women that look like that because they're not on TV. But because of Instagram, you know, that that is your next door neighbor. (laughs) That is the freshman (laughs) class. That's like it's, yeah, everyone's a model. Yeah. So like if you are someone who doesn't subscribe to such standards, woo, child, yeah. it's hard for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, such as it's either like go hard or like don't real? don't try. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. You lost. You lost when you decided I'm not doing makeup. Like you lost when you decided to not straighten your hair or just like simple things like that. Or just like, I'm not wearing a push-up bra today. So like when I, I look at- I lost on so many levels <laughs> that you have listed. <laughs> I'm thinking in a sense of like, you know, just my dating history that the men I've dated who were perfectionists, they always like would subscribe to these women and like they would say to me like, oh, if you do A, B, and C, then you could be like so much more than. And so what I, like when I would end up with these guys, it, it was never to like be their, you know, girlfriend. It was really just to like pick their brain and to try to challenge, you know, what they deem is beautiful. And plus like, I'm also like fair skinned. So I feel like I naturally will some kind of fall into that, you know, subscription of, you know, Western beauty standards. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was that's like the only reason why they would kind of even like entertain me because I definitely don't subscribe to like the Instagram standards. And so that was like my ticket in to pick their brain. So and every time I would do that. I would try to at least like educate them in a sense, you know, or challenge, Mm -hmm. you know, why you think this is beautiful. Now I'm not saying like every perfectionist man is like this. This is Mm -hmm. just like from my little experience. And then um, the hot and cold and like getting ghosts. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've only ghosted one person in my life and when that person reached back out to me, it was just, well, one, they said something that was triggering. And so I just didn't have a strong enough voice to like express like, I was unsafe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And then when they have ghosted me, you know, it, it's weird. It makes you question everything and it makes you not like, trust people for a minute Mm -hmm. i've had friends that ghosted me i've had you know people i was interested that's ghosted me and what's so funny because if there are people that are in my same like space Mm -hmm. so we move in the same circles it's like one day they decided like after three months four months to say hi Mm -hmm. and it's just like the fuck Mm -hmm. like 
You were inside me. <laughs> oh, the <Girl>. fuck? Like, <laughs> yellow wasn't I just saying that though? <laughs> yes, yes. Like, like I'm confused. This is so weird. <laughs> or I'm confused as fuck. The craziest thing too, no pun like when you get on like your whole um, binging and like cleansing of this person on your social media accounts, and then you're like on Facebook. And then it says, or even like Instagram, suggested followers. And then like you see did this. I, did I not do this? And yes. then you see, you see this person. Absolutely. And you're like, ain't that some shit? The, the social account done ghosted you too. Like, <laughs> like y'all on the same page. Y'all the same person. It's like that Godier song, like, now you're just somebody that I used to know. Somebody. <laughs> now you're just somebody that I used to know. That's real life. Yeah. Colors the music group coming out in right. 2021. We coming out with that mixtape. But, okay, there's uh, so much good shit to respond to there. But as you were talking, I'm thinking about I've definitely been guilty of doing all three of these in some capacity. Like if it's somebody that I really, really like, I feel like I've done something like this because like, um, like I was mentioning before when I was up, when I was telling the definition, most of the time being emotionally unavailable doesn't mean you are, you're not capable of expressing your feelings. It's that you don't want to out of fear of something, whether that's like taking the risk of rejection um, out of fear of what it will feel like when somebody does not meet your expectations, X, Y, Z. So I feel like I've, I feel like I'm definitely guilty of the perfectionist thing because I've, gotten comments of people saying like you look you seem like you got your shit together or you seem like you know mm-hmm. and i'm inside i'm like it's it's a dumpster fire of emotions going on um or like if i like somebody a lot i gas them up a lot i'm like man this person da-da-da-da-da, and then i don't necessarily ghost them but then i see one thing and i'm like i'm done i'm done with you do you think it's because like based off of your past experience or maybe like your first experience in relationships based off of that has made you become the perfectionist or the hot and cold person or were you like naturally like this? I think that I think I upbringing is more of the perfectionist. My father was definitely a perfectionist. Um, my... I think my mom is very emotionally available. She is very clear and open, which I think it was interesting seeing the dynamic between the two of them, between my father being the perfectionist and my mother being always the, the very clear communicator. Um, But sometimes they wouldn't argue in front of me. They would intentionally like go into their bedroom and like whisper argue (laughs) I remember hearing like, <laughs> and I'm like, they, my mom is clearly mad. That is um, very um, courteous of them. Yeah, I think I, I think I definitely do the perfectionist thing because I don't want, 
to give anybody a reason to doubt that I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm a smart, capable human being um, and I'm logical and I'm not caught up with the bullshit. Like <laughs> I think that's why I'm more like the perfectionist. Um, and it also, like you were giving in your explanation, Red, that perfect the, the perfectionist will almost make it, it almost appears that the issue is not them, it's you. Well, it's like, see, this is why I was reserving my feelings because of this right here. Oh, no, absolutely. That's exactly where the perfectionist is coming from. They um, they don't have, like, they don't feel like they have to look into themselves because they feel like I got my ducks in a row. Why would I look into myself? I know what I'm about. Like, I, I have, in fact, I met, like, even when I said, like, it's not that they're not saying that they have like no flaws. They're acknowledging that they have flaws, but they don't realize their flaws are as uh, large as they yeah. may be. Or sometimes they don't have necessarily even large flaws. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just simply don't. Yeah. Um, but it's a matter of, I'm not going to look into myself to even to assess a situation and see where mm-hmm. I went wrong. Yeah. That doesn't make you a bad person, mm-hmm. but it does make, it does make it very frustrating in that you won't, um, you won't acknowledge what you can do better in a relationship. I think that's what separates me from the, the, from it, it protects me so, so much that from being the perfectionist is because I'm always thinking about, well, what did I do? <laughs> like, how did I contribute to this? It's probably because I said this or when they texted me, I didn't respond in a such and such way. I'm always being reflective and maybe not in the moment, maybe in the moment I'm like, man, that's about you. They ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> uh, but then through thinking about it or talking to friends about it, I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I done goofed. <laughs> um, I think my follow-up question, I, well, I guess now that I've admitted that I've been <laughs> one or more of these, have you all ever been um, emotionally unavailable in this in these ways? I would be more of like the, um, what would you say, hot and cold a person in a relationship where I'm like, I'm just delving right in. I'm like for you. I'm gassing you up. I'm like making moves to um, be in your space. I kind of move fast. Um, I'll like, I'll use intimacy as something to get closer to you. Um, But then I will find it. uh, But then like the minute that I see what something about you that maybe like not don't care for, or that like something that, or sometimes even a reverse, uh, I guess, feeling like you maybe you don't you're not as interested in me as like I thought you were. Like, say, if you're rejecting my advances, I'm like, oh, you're not interested. You don't care about me. Um, you don't want to see this further. And I'll start to distance myself. I'll start to ghost or um, maybe even pick fights um, because I'm concerned that you are going to reject me. And I will do anything to be the rejecter before being the rejected. All right, so Red's over here empathizing <laughs> with some people that got some trauma right. that are toxic, you know. No. <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really do hate that term toxic because oh, I feel like oh, everyone kind of falls on that spectrum. Like, I mean, Ooh, yes. and for you to call someone is toxic, it's like, how dare you judge someone? Like, you're almost borderline a narcissist. <laughs> favors of cancel culture <laughs> right we just don't we want you to grow but like we will shun you <laughs> if you show any signs of growth shame <laughs> shame I know. shame 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> for me, um, I am hot and I like to try to make people become the perfectionists because I see, you know, potential. So like I find someone that, you know, I'm like laser focused on maybe they do something that really like draws me in you know it's it's more of like a chemistry thing for me it's like you know of course we're finding we are found in the same space because of interest um now off of that it's like what do you do to kind of pull me in how do we like lock eyes and so when that happens that gives me the opportunity to kind of like be the artist and so when I was younger, now I'm going to tell you all a story. Oh, tell me. <laughs> so when I was younger, I was obsessed with this movie called The Shape of Things. So Paul Rudd, um, now hers was not, well, it, there's like a huge twist at the end. So in this film, she's an artist and she's trying to complete her MFA. And so for her thesis, she's just trying to poke around in this museum to find some type of inspiration for her thesis. Um, and so she looks around, looks around, and she finds this statue, um, and she saw that the statue had a leaf that covered up the genitalia because um, people just thought it wasn't, like, you know, appropriate for the museum. But that wasn't how it was originally created. So she was going to vandalize <laughs> the statue by painting the genitalia or spray painting the genitalia on top of the leaf so that it could remain true to itself and so the security guard that approached her became her new interest she just loved the the fact that he was someone who was just like lost someone who was just trying to do whatever it takes to like be considered polite and nice and he was just like corny wasn't attractive just trying to you know do a good job and just like live life in a way where he's not noticed um, but she was so interested in just like who he was and she wanted to unpack this man and like why is he like this what can I do to tweak him a bit and create this perfection and then when I do create this perfection let me see how then he changes himself his character because he comes off as a very genuine sweet polite person but she's like is he like that because of based off of his appearance or is he like that just genuinely like that so I'm gonna spruce him up you know she did like the whole makeover thing but it's like artsy so you know mm -hmm. <laughs> he's not wearing glitter it's not like the clueless act where she's like giving her like a cute crop top you know mm -hmm. and she's like rolling with the homies like <laughs> It wasn't that. It was like, oh, you need these glasses. Or why don't you wear contacts? <laughs> or let's be more cultured and, like, see this, like, feminist play, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, anyways, Paul Rudd becomes hot. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Like <laughs> Paul Rudd was already hot and, to me. Right. <laughs> he becomes hot, and then he was a cheater and lied about it. And it was the mutual friend. So the plot thickens. <laughs> and so she finally. A lot of people's plot. <laughs> so she finally presents um, her thesis. And then, long and behold, it was him. He was the thesis art project. She taped like the whole uh, progression of his beauty and his character. <laughs> 
and just put his ass on blast. And he was so mad. And like the whole slogan, like the theme of her show was she loves you. He was so upset that she exposed the truth about himself that he didn't even realize that in spite of all of that, she loves you. He called her all these names. And then once she like realized like, you're not even looking at the bigger picture. That's when he like sat back and then he started like crying and the, you know, the credits roll. But after that scene, it flashes on to saying that she loves you. So I'm saying all that to say, uh, like, like her, I like the sense of like projects. <laughs> oh my She, she loves gosh. a good trip to Home Depot. <laughs> but num- <laughs> you know, because I see potential. Like people are so quick to label folks or cast them off. And I look at people and I'm like, I know you have a good heart. You know, you're funny. Like, you're actually naturally beautiful. I don't know why people are not checking for you more. And it's because people are so fixated on, you know, outward appearance. And so with, so when it comes to that, when they're with me, I like to, to do the thing, gas them up with the hot thing. Because that's, the, that's like my natural trait. So I gas them up. And then when I encourage them or, you know, affirm like who they are, then they go on themselves to be more mindful. Well, I won't say mindful, but they begin to care. So uh, I'm going to share a story as well. And then, Red, I want you to I want you I want it to be thrown back to you. Um, So I'm game. Um, I dated an artist. I think this isn't that's an artist thing. For sure, to take to see potential in someone, and um, and help them see not necessarily their imperfections, but just you have so much potential, and here are things that could make you not necessarily like prettier and shinier, but just a better human. Um, and something he said to me from the first date was, he's like, I he's like, I don't know if it's because I'm an artist. He's like, but I'm not like into people who are like conve- like. I don't think anyone that I'm attracted to is necessarily beautiful. And then I was like feeling bad about myself. And I was like, "Mm." he's like, no, no, no. Like, like I'm saying just conventionally, like I like to see exactly what you just said, the potential in people. And, um, I was telling Taylor, this person probably has made me feel the most beautiful I've ever felt in any relationship. Like, the way he took pictures of me, the way he would gas me up, but not in like an over the top way. It was just like seeing who I am at at the core. It's authentic, but it was scary because I'm like, I don't even know you. Like, how are you able to, to pinpoint those things? Um, This person had a load of other issues, but I think he thought I could be his project. Um, and so a comment that he made in a, in an attempt to make me better was he made a comment. He was, he said, you're not entertaining me. And I heard that and I was like, Ooh, mm. not the way he Bye. went back and explained later what he meant. He was like, that was a terrible choice of words, but what I meant was blah, 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 blah. And I understood, but this is also lending itself to the, his other issues, his other very many issues that he has. <laughs> um, 
not saying that doesn't merit him not lovable or worthy of a, a relationship, but I felt like I was his project and that, well, I, why am I not enough the way I, way I come to you? Um, and that was the feeling of not being sufficient or not being enough. So I, I categorized him as like a hot and cold person because you laid it on thick first and then now I'm getting the cold. I'm not enough. I'm not. So I would argue to say that you're, you're a hot and cold person because, but I would say you stay hot, but you have the, the, the potential to be cold because I remember you in our personal conversations, you would say things like, sometimes I say things that people just take <laughs> too personally and then, then they don't want to talk to me anymore. But it's like, no, I'm saying these things cause I'm being transparent. I'm being honest. I'm being real. Um, and so that's what I, I mean. I'm hearing that maybe you you is a little bit hot and cold. You are right. <laughs> um, I want to apologize to anybody who is listening. <laughs> Actually, it's not that many I'm people. So that's just me being like, no, it was never like that. But I will say that, yes, I was wrong in a sense to look at someone and not accept them for who they are. Um, and that was what was wrong with me because I came in with this superiority complex. Even it's funny because you feel like you're being helpful, but actually you're being judgmental and you're not being authentic and you're not being nice. And so for like the, my early twenties, I'm in my thirties, y'all in my, (laughs) (laughs) in my early twenties. Yes, I was on that shit hard, but that's because I was one of I was one of the people that was a potential, and so. But I I did it to myself though, so I didn't have anyone like over here trying to coach me. That was just me. So I'm like, oh, this this is a good thing, but it's actually like not. So I feel you on that. Yes, it is cold, but currently, like in my yeah. relationship and with my husband, the, I feel like the reason why he became my husband is because there I, there was no potential. You know, it, he showed up and it, it was that he was fine. And we were just and we were just learning from each other. And I feel like that's that's a healthy relationship when both parties are enough. And if not, they don't know. They just gradually just grow. And then one day you wake up and you be like, damn, we fly. <laughs> and that's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so glad y'all brought that up about the um about the seeing people as a project as a mm. um as essentially a, a superior a superiority thing. So I was like, so I'm not gonna bring that up because look, you got to come to the table with with um acknowledging that who you're with is enough. Um, well, who you are is enough. Who who you're with is enough, but also like or not who you with. But I mean, you got to question yourself. Like, yeah. But, but understanding that if I'm going to pursue you, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't mean I'm pursuing a perfect person. You're going to grow, but you can't pursue someone in the expectation that they're going to grow to a certain level that you expect them to grow to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it plays. It's it, it's important to bring this up because I mean, now I think about it that you guys uh, brought up your stories. Like while I blow hot and cold, I'm attracted to the perfectionist man. Um, he, uh, Oh, for sure. Like yeah. He, yeah. He you has, are for sure. <laughs> he has the idea of what he wants. Um, and I'm constantly trying to aspire towards what he wants. Like mm. I even thought, I mean, being 
like real personal. I even thought I'd start yoga just so I can get flexible just to be what this dude wants. That's real. Like yeah. he, he talked about like girls who are flexible and who and it's like, this isn't just like sexual, but like mm. she's healthy. She, she looks good in her yoga pants. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's um, typically like, you know, she's more s- self body aware. So it's like, I want to be that person um, a little bit for myself, but a lot of it for them. Um, and I, 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 I took to it. And so with, with these uh, unavailable types come, uh, the people who pursue them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's while it's, it's very important to look at who, you know, these types and understand that their actions are not your fault. They're not mm-hmm. for you to own. Yeah. Why are we attracted to these unavailable types? Mm-hmm. And through all this discussion. Because we're unavailable <laughs> in some capacity. That's why. <laughs> Yellow. You took the words out my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> high key <laughs> jealous. But yes. Because we are unavailable. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point of this conversation too is like being emotionally unavailable is not like a clinical. De- this is just a, a case or um, side effect of being human. Like mm-hmm. this is a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a defense mechanism. It's a way to protect ourselves in our, in our, in our hearts. And um, I think, but where it becomes a problem is let's say you and I are a perfect me- oh. I'm using air quotes, perfect match for one another. But because we are so defensive and, and, and guarded, we can't get to the level we want to get to. Let's say we get married. Mm-hmm. We can't get to the level we can get to because we're so guarded. And then we decide to get a divorce. But it's like, had we just done the work to let those guards down and stop being defensive over something that doesn't need defending, then we could have stayed together. Um, so I think just being aware of the, the types, right? These aren't like official, but it's just, what, what's the author's name again? Uh, Natalie Lou. It's just a way that Natalie Lou has really, really graciously um, and beautifully described the types of emotionally unavailable people and how, how you feed into it. Um, I think... <clears throat> My, lo- I said earlier that my love language, I think, feeds into it. The fact that that's the way I feel the most loved, physical touch and words of affirmation. I think that's the most dangerous, <laughs> <laughs> dangerous um, gateways into into being attracted to these types of people. But um, I think at the end of the day, if you're aware of how you attract or how you feed into these types of people, then that's then that's growth. Then that's you're already on your way to <laughs> to not being the fallback girl as um as she as Miss Miss Lou has described in her book. Um I just wanna say Go ahead, Purple. Sing it, Purple. It seems like all of this stems from fear. Yeah. And it makes me think of this like viral message that's been passed around about um it was like countering this act of like this person saying that I'm the best ever and like if you lost me like you know I'm the best and blah 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 and then like the person responded this is the message that went viral like no like you guys just didn't work together and they will find what's the best for them and you will find mm. what's the best for you so this sense of like, oh, I'm better, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not a good mentality to have to feed, 
to like fight you know rejection that feeling of rejection Mm -hmm. and then like going forward I feel like it's okay to get your heart broken Mm -hmm. you know like we need to own our experiences and appreciate you know the things that lifts us and the things that brings us down because I I am on the good vibes wave you know (laughs) I do love positivity but that's not reality you need both And so relationships work until they don't. And it's okay if they don't. In fact, those who, you know, know when they're not in a relationship that best serves them and ends it are doing you a favor and you vice versa. That's Mm -hmm. like actually you like standing up for yourself, your heart, your wants. And I think that's fine. And just learn from that. And then, if it's, you know, someone who habitually like breaks up with people because no one is ever good enough, then obviously that person has something deeper going on and know that it's not personal because this person is doing this to lots of people. So it's like, don't take it personal. Don't be afraid of rejection. You know, this is just relationships ebb ebb and flow. That's just the way it is. And then the right ones that come around, like you don't even have to worry about those things because they're around. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a perfect way to end this. That's a perfect way to end this. <laughs> that's a perfect like, way to end it. Thanks for listening. Um, I know I've been slow on the uploads, but I'm gonna be better. I promise. Um, and until next time, 